HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We are coming to you live from Roberta's at Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, June 28th, 2017, and this is the 145th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is a top eventiste and designer of festivities, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to surround yourself with beautiful things. Take a look around you, your office, your home, your wardrobe. Does everything make you happy and put a smile on your face? If the answer is yes, then great. And if it's not, maybe it's time to do a little cleanup. Multiple studies suggest that there is a correlation between less clutter and productivity. Prettier, handsome things lead to happier and more productive lives. So allow beauty to soothe your soul and bring you joy. That's my tip today. 
Now, I'm very excited to have my guest on the show. It is Marcy Bloom, an internationally sought event planner and entertaining expert who, with 30 years' experience, crafts events with sanity, humor, innovation, and style. Her past guests include individuals listed on Forbes 100, professional athletes including LeBron James, and award-winning actors, Grammy-winning singers, and the Rockefeller family. A graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, Marcy has, n- has not only been named a top planner in the world by both Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, but she's also been featured in countless publications including People, The New York Times, and Vanity Fair, and has made numerous TV appearances on shows including Oprah, The Today Show, and Good Morning America. So she is calling in today. Hello, Marcy, are you there? I'm here. Great. Hi. <laughs> Hi, honey. Sorry I couldn't make it out there. I was trying, but my client came first. <laughs> hey, work calls. I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm glad you can still do the show and yes, we can make this work. So. Free and clear. Yeah, just sorry I don't get to see you in person because it has been a while. Yes, I know. But um, I like to start out with my guests and find out how they got into the industry and, and doing what they do. So so do you want to start a little with your background and, sure. and how you ended up going sure. to the CIA? I, uh, I graduated Performing Arts High School, you know, the original fame. I was an actress. And um, being ni- 1970, I moved to Vermont with a lot of friends and tried to figure out what to do. And I was basically the cook for our big farm. <laughs> and I okay. did that um, for a couple years until it fell apart. And I came back to New York and didn't know what I wanted to do. And my brother and his girlfriend at the time were living in Paris. So I went and took a summer course in Cordon Bleu and lived with them. And I loved it. My mother was an extraordinary cook. And I came back to New York and took what in those days were considered housewife cooking classes. And I took a lot of uh, courses from John Clancy who had written all the Test Kitchen books for you know, Time Life, um, Foods of the World series, and uh, other things. And I, uh, the Culinary Institute of America had, uh, I believe they were sued, and they had to take women, and I was in the first class of women accepted. So oh, I wow. went up there for two years. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because my so next week I'm going to be airing a show that I just did an interview last week with Tim Ryan, the president of the CIA. So oh, I was Tim up Ryan there. Tim Ryan was the intern. Tim and Lynn will tell you we laughed. He was the intern. He was still a student intern in the Escoffier restaurant. The uh, the term I graduated, so that's how long Tim and I have known each other. Wow. Yeah. No. His he's he worked his way up. I mean, he was a graduate of the school. Um, no, it's a, it's a small world, but yeah. The, it's, he's we, a lovely, I love them. He's a great guy. I'm very fond of both he and his wife. Yeah, it's a smart, great Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so many changes have happened at the yes. Institute since since then. So, okay, so so you graduated and then, and then, and then what so happened? So then I went <laughs> and I became a, um, I was a food consultant. I was a, a cooking teacher at uh, both Macy's and Gimbel's. Gimbel's doesn't exist, obviously, anymore. And uh, I was uh, consulting for a couple of friends of my brothers who are opening restaurants in Soho. I was just doing a little bit of everything and sous chefing, and I really was not happy. And um, a friend introduced me to a gentleman who was opening a bunch of restaurants, and he hired me as a consultant. And I wound up... Uh, over the years, I you know I I hired all the the food people and the um, events team, and then I wound up, we wound up having six or seven or eight restaurants, and 
I wound up marrying him. We're no longer married, but we're still best friends. His name is Peter Ashkenazi. So we had Luchows, we had Gage and Tolder, we had the original Charlios we bought from Joe Baum and uh, several other restaurants in Midtown. And I started doing the events in the restaurants, and then people would ask me if I could do events outside of the restaurants. That's what happened. Wow, I did not know that background. That's 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 like that's how you got in, <laughs> or that's how you started. Yeah. Yep. So, so then, with did you did you then open your own company, or did you ever work for another agency in no, doing I, event planning? I worked for uh, Peter for many years, uh, way before we were together, and uh, we did we did a lot of off premise catering and um, events off premise. When Ed Koch was mayor, he was a dear friend of uh, my family's and Peter's, and so we did many events at Gracie Mansion and um, kind of segued. But I never I. Just, you know, I put a little bitty ad in the back of New York Magazine at the time when nobody knew what a wedding planner was. Everyone thought it meant catering. And Women's Wear Daily picked it up. This is now, what, 30 years ago, 32 years ago. And I had a business. <laughs> and there you have it. So so did you start out then doing weddings? Or, or did it no. lead into weddings? Mostly uh, corporate events. Okay. Um, mostly corporate events because I was working, uh, let's say we had Luch House, we had like six banquet spaces, so I was doing so many corporate events and luncheons and things that those that was my first clientele, you know, closing dinners for, uh, they used to call them tombstone parties when like they would close a big account. And um, so I started doing small parties and some, some parties for uh, PR firms who wanted uh, maybe food and wine tastings or things of that nature. And um, I became very good friends with someone who is still a dear friend and is one of my mentors, Barbara Tober, who was the editor-in-chief of uh, Brides Magazine for 30 years. And Donald and Barbara very involved in the culinary also. But And um, she started recommending me to people, and I got a couple of big, fancy jobs. <laughs> Weddings, yeah. Yeah, and then it grew, obviously. <laughs> So, so how 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 many people are in your company now? How has the company grown over the years? It grows and it, it ebbs and flows. So, you know, there was a time many years ago I had more people working for me, and I was probably doing fewer events and making less money. So, we we do all of us rely on a a, a cadre of freelancers for sure. So, there are four of us full time. We only do, you know, maybe 15 events a year max of all different sizes. Oh, so really? if we have wow. if we have two giant events, it'll be fewer than 15 events a year because we're very, very, very hands-on. I mean, we do, if it's a wedding, we'll do the dress shopping with the bride and the tuxedo shopping with the grooms or vice versa. And we will uh, do every, really, really everything. So, um, and if it's a corporate event, you know, whatever is entailed in that. We don't farm out a lot of things. So um, so there's four of us, as I said, you know, full-time. And then for, we're doing a wedding in Amalfi in September. We'll have, you know, five people with us who are not full-time but who work for us all the time freelance. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize you, you – well, I knew you were a select, but I didn't realize you, you – you did um, only li- like a limited amount of events, and you. So, with your services with Amalfi, are you are you? You say you do everything. You you helping find the location, the everything. booking for the ho- location. You know, to, uh, you know, the food and beverage is a four day event. There'll be food and we'll do you know, one night is a truffle festival, and another night will be. Uh, 
at uh, you know in Capri at Fontalina um, Club, and another day, you know, then we'll have a, a, an Italian picnic on the beach, and so each and every aspect of it, from the decor, which we don't do ourselves, but we will be sourcing the people and helping with the design, and uh, the um, lighting and the transportation and the fun parts and the not so fun parts. <laughs> Isn't it all fun? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's. We I think with event late at night after we both worked late, you and I. So yeah. Yeah. Not well, much fun. Uh huh. I think with event planning, well, it's not. I think it it requires so much detail. I mean, you have to be really detail oriented to to. Yes. And so many decisions. So um, it's obviously a skill set that you have, and I think your background um, is incredible to to be able to to plan plan events for for other people. I had read that your signature style is finding your client's signature style. Oh, thank you. So thank how do you but how do you do that? How? Which is which is great. Like how do you how do you figure it out? You know, I mean, I look. I, uh, I've known you for a long time. I think, you know, in the sense we're, we're similar people in the sense that we are, let's say we're fairly intuitive about people to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then after that, so there are certain, I mean, I happen to be in um, an invitation uh, place at the moment, an invitation designer studio. And I brought my clients here because there's a particular um, artistry and, um, elaborateness and uh, attention to detail, as you said, which is which is something that I know this particular client would really appreciate because they want something custom and precise and bespoke. And whereas another client of mine, they would consider this such overkill or so, like, ridiculously, like, extravagant. If I brought them to this place, they would think that I didn't understand who they are. Right. You know, because it's not something that is on their radar at all. They don't care. I mean, they'd like it to be pretty, but it doesn't have to be this. So so that's part of it. You have to figure out, instead of, you know, using yourself as the template and laying yourself on top of everybody, and you, you have to figure out what their template is and then figure out how to how to source it, how to yeah. make it work. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, I find, for me, with, with clients, every client is different. And even though I've been doing restaurant PR or PR for a long time, it, it right. keeps it exciting and interesting and and challenging for me because every client's different. So, exactly, I, I would imagine it, it's it's the same for you. Like you you know That's you right. have your go to sources and and places, but but every everyone's different with, with their preferences. Right. So, right. okay, and, that, and then and I oh, want them to learn. In one more thing, you know, which I know, I don't mean to sound arrogant, I, I don't know how else to say it, but I want to um, embolden them or in, enable them, you know, for those who are less experienced, I mean, people who are getting married and they're younger or they're just throwing their first party, I want to give them the tools to know how to host a party, because it's something everyone should have in their in their toolkit, right? So, And it doesn't happen overnight or naturally. My mother was a great hostess and a fabulous cook. You know, even middle-class Jews from the Bronx, she threw a great dinner party. You know, she just did. And if my uncle drank one kind of scotch and she had another friend coming and drank another kind of scotch, she would have the two different kinds of scotches, and that's how I was raised. So, But not everybody was raised that way. No, so I want to explain like, what hospitality is. Yeah, so you're also teaching, educating your guests along the way, which is which is fabulous. Yeah. yeah. 
Terrific. Okay, so we're going to take a little break here, and then we're going to come back and okay. talk some more. So, uh, yeah, hold on and uh, listen okay. listen to the, our little sponsorship ad, and we'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs, including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters, who acknowledge the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. Hi, I'm Kimberly Chow. And I'm Amanda Dow. And we're the hosts of Recommended Reading with Food Book Fair on Heritage Radio Network. Recommended Reading is a show where we talk about what we're reading listening to and watching in the world of food media between ourselves as well as with our special guests in and around the food world support recommended reading and all of heritage radio network's programming by going to heritageradionetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart and you can become a member today welcome back to all in the industry on heritage radio network I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Marcy Bloom of Marcy Bloom Associates. She is a top eventiste and designer of festivities. Uh, she's worked with many celebrities. So I, I want to know, what is it, um, how is it working with celebrities? Is it, is it more <laughs> difficult? Is it more exciting? <laughs> or is it just the same? Well, you know, uh, it's, it's usually not the celebrity that's the issue. It's usually their team <laughs> that are much crazier than they can ever be. I think they maybe they thrive on playing good cop, bad cops. So they could dump it on the Maybe that's why they have these teams. But uh, the team is usually much more, much, much more difficult. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I've worked with some extraordinarily wonderfully kind people, including, you know, Billy Joel and LeBron James and Andre Iguodala and... Uh, Karen, uh, Karen, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my sister, you know, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like extraordinary people, just good people who happen to have gotten famous. <laughs> and then I've worked with other people I won't mention who, you know, are just horrible. <laughs> yeah, I well, I hear you. What would have been some of the most memorable events that that you've done? Or that come to mind? Uh, I would say, you know, certainly Katie Lee and Billy Joel's wedding several years ago, even though they're no longer married, it was a great wedding. I mean, uh, Katie's an extraordinarily talented chef and cook and entertainer and hostess. And, and so it was all about food and music, my two favorite things. Couldn't have been better than that. Uh, LeBron and Vanna's wedding was fantastic because, first of all, I was in awe, and they had just, they had just won uh, MVP. He had just mm-hmm. won the MVP, so everyone was you know, on a big high, and it was out in California, and it was fantastic. And they're they're just very kind, interesting people. I love his wife. Um, uh, I've done uh, some fantastic. We do, a, you know, we do a haunted house party every year for a wonderful client who invites forty people, and we do a different theme every year, and it's the most 
extraordinary people that go to theatrical costume designers to have their things made, and it's it's just beyond. Um, uh, four day wedding in Croatia, a birthday party. We did the several several birthday parties for an older gentleman around the world last year. You know, like eight birthday parties. That each one, one is in Budapest, one's in London, one is in Paris, one is you know that was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of, had a lot of fun, I, too. I'm sitting here thinking if anyone is invited to any of your events and needs a plus one, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. You can come sit in the back of the house with me and help bustle. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're, yeah, right. thank you. There are, I mean, the, the, they just, they just, I'm sure, I know they're extraordinary events and, and a lot of fun and, you know, making people happy and what they want, you know, to celebrate we celebrations. Try. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? What? Or is there? Do you have any crazy stories of something that's happened? Like, like uh, I don't know that something you had to fix. Like, some I don't know. Within, uh, I'm always thinking like well, outdoor weddings for the weather. I mean, always. You know, I I, um, I became a legal uh, officiant last year because of all the times that the celebrant almost didn't show up. <laughs> I couldn't take <laughs> it anymore, just in case. Um, we're working on that's a very smart. very special wedding. Um, next week, which is going to be a three-day sleepaway camp wedding for two beautiful women. Um, and we're having you know, 200 guests at a sleepaway camp. Oh, that's um, fun. Where we're having games and color war and all sorts of things. Um, where, uh, yeah, I've had, a, you know, some really, uh, some pretty wacko, wacko clients. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's been fun. <laughs> Let me ask you my my question. I had on on my from my guest in episode one forty four. I had on Ma- Mark Oldman. He's a wine yes. expert. Probably um, you probably know Mark. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. he, yeah, he has a new book out, How to Drink Like a Billionaire. So he, oh, I'll have to buy that. That sounds like a, that sounds very interesting. Okay, I will buy that. Good. Oh, good. I made a sale for him. And no, the yes, the absolutely. book's great. It's tons tons of tips of of of. For for, for wine, um, I think there's a there's a lot of content. I think you'll like it. Great, I will go by it. I like yes, good okay, succinct content, <laughs> digestible. Yes. Yeah. So he he wants to know um, how do you advise wedding clients when it comes to their wine selections in order to economize what they're spending? He he noted that he gets asked a lot by even like the wealthiest people just how to ha- figure out to have a more affordable wine list um, for, for occasions? Well, first you have to look, and this is what people don't understand, what we, you know, civilians, you have to look at wherever it is that you're getting married or hosting the party and see what the rules are. Some places you have to order the wine from them. Other places, uh, if it's an off-premise catering situation and you're hiring an off-premise caterer and, and it's not, you know, their liquor license per se, they will let you buy your own wines and bring them in. Um, or some places, you know, where it is their liquor license and it is their wine list, they will order it for you or allow you to bring it in and they'll charge you a corkage charge. So you have to get all the rules down first. And the rules vary for each venue and each caterer and each banquet manager. So that's the first thing. Don't That has to narrow. So you have to mm-hmm. narrow your expectations based on the laws and the rules. And then once you do that, think about the things that you really love to drink in general 
you know, I happen to like, I love uh, a Bordeaux, you know, a, a, a Cabernet Sauvignon from California or a Bordeaux, let's just say, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I will, I will often try to pattern the menu against what either I or my clients like to drink, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but because so much of what you're doing is about good wine at a, at a celebration that, uh, so, you know, for example, if you you may choose to do a short ribs because you want to serve a fabulous red wine, um, something like that, and then go shopping to the retailers and ask in places that have great reputations, Sherry Lehmer, and if I forget, you know, for a bottle, just one bottle of things that you're thinking, I'm, saying, I'm serving this, what would you suggest? And then figure out, you know, based on what you've decided to spend per bottle, what is the best quality wine you can afford in within your budget. There's no reason to serve stupid, expensive wine at a party for 300 people because half the people are not going to get it. Or is it a wedding for 60 or 50? It's, in my opinion, it's absolutely worth it because every single person there will have the opportunity to actually taste and figure out what's going on. And even if they don't, you can explain it without being pedantic. And that is part of the entire experience. Yeah. No, that's that's a great answer and totally makes sense. So I I think Thanks, Mar- that never yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's so many so many decisions. It's like the wine is is one one piece of the puzzle. Um, oh yeah, no. When we look at you know for when we wrote weddings for dummies, we did it at the beginning because people used to say, "I want a budget. I want a budget. I want a budget spreadsheet." And I'd say, "You're you, you can't have." They wanted a pie chart. I was like, there's 4,000 pieces of this pie. You can't do a pie chart. So finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to put together a list of every single thing, every single thing that's going to go into it. Let's say a wedding, for example. And the list in Weddings for Dummies, I think, is six pages long, and that's when people start going, oh, okay, I get it. Because everything from the the, the diptyque candle in the bathroom mm-hmm. to um, – the, the vendor meal for the photographer. It's, it's a gazillion things that go into this one pot. So, someone so picked, you, you can yeah. look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So many decisions, but it's great. You wrote, you wrote that book and you have the wedding, you have two, right? The wedding, wedding planning. For dummies and then wedding planning for dummies, which was mm-hmm. a little bit more towards the professional. I mean, everybody used it, but it was, I wrote it when I was like, okay, that's enough. Now I'm going to tell you. How many square feet for for <laughs> this and that? I can't take any more. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. No, yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. So, what what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into event planning and do what you do? Run, 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 run in the other direction. <laughs> no. um, I think there's no substitute. Not to sound cliche, you know, there's no substitute for having a really good understanding of at least one aspect of this. I mean, when I look at my uh, colleagues who, who, I, who I really respect, who are brilliant at it, someone like David Stark came out of RISD. He was an amazing artist. And then he learned how to, how to turn that into parties, and then he learned and got a team together who know how to plan. Uh, I came out of the food part of it, let's say food and theater. Uh, another colleague of mine came out of interior design. I mean, there's a lot of different places to come out of. But you can't just wake up one day and say, okay, I want to plan parties. Because you have, 
it, it, even though there is no professional, let's say, um, bar, you know, it's mm-hmm. not being a lawyer or something, you know, you really do have to know a lot. And every single day, every day I turn around, I like, oh, I can't believe I just learned that 30 years into it. That's pretty pathetic. But every day I learn something. Every single day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you have you have... You have great experience and having some experience in the industry. I mean, you're, you're, the examples you you gave are great because they're they're all from from a little different backgrounds. But it is having some know how of what you're getting into. Um, and I being mean, able if to I walk into excuse me a kitchen in in Italy or whatever, if I can't speak the language, I'll go like, listen, you know, CIA graduate. I'm not a housewife. You know, I'm not in here just going. Look, can't you make risotto for three thousand people? I was like, I get it. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what I don't think is producible, but I'm, you know, I've been in the back of the house. I've spent my life in the back of the house and operations. I'm not some dilettante walking in and going, well, I think we should do this. You know, I, I get it. So I want you to know I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just trying to collaborate here. And that makes a big difference. And unless you have one of these facets, unless you come out of there, I wouldn't, I really would not do it. I wouldn't do it just because, you know, as happens all the time, either you had so much fun planning your wedding, you decided to be a wedding planner, or, um, you know, you went to a great party, you said, oh, I could do that. You know, it's really, because it's not easy, and you're going to be really dejected before <laughs> before you know it, without yeah. some good, solid knowledge under your belt. Yeah, I think, I think also, like, you, I mean, you've been doing this a long time, but you, you, you make it look easy, you know, you, you're, you're, you're so great at it that other people probably, you know, it probably turns people on to, like I want it. You know, it they, they're not it realizing all the challenges. It's very kind of you to say it looks glamorous. It is yeah. so not glamorous. I mean, ten percent of it is glamorous when I get to put on a pair of like fabulous heels and dress and like get my makeup done and go out on the floor. You know, when the party is starting. But before that, when I was underneath the table trying to staple a cloth that ripped or, or right. you know, <laughs> like try to get a stain out of a bride's dress or. Just trying, you know, to be able to get my shoes on because my feet are so swollen from like having run up and downstairs for three hours. You know, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not I, I, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. it's not glamorous, but it's still oh, it looks glamorous. When when you yeah, yeah so um, but you're yeah. right. No, that's that's true. So great. Okay, we're gonna take another break. So don't go anywhere. We're gonna come back. And we're gonna play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Marcy Bloom. It's time for my speed round game. So, Marcy, what this is, is I'm going to give you some choices. Uh, it's an either-or situation, and you just pick your preference. Are you Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Eat in or eat out? Uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> you say that with a sigh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Oh, cocktail. 
or wine. No, wine, wine, wine. Yeah. <laughs> How about tasting menu or a la carte? Uh, depends on the chef, but if it's really someone fabulous tasting menu. Okay. Good reasoning. Yeah. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table mm. or chef's counter? What was the question? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. How about tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. I still don't get it, even though I'm a huge fan of Danny Meyer, and I, you know, I just, I believe in incentivizing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. How about um, indoor or outdoor weddings? Well, if it were in California, it's, it's guaranteed no rain, definitely outdoor. I mean, there's nothing more charming and sexy and exciting. It's just the dealing with it three weeks in before. <laughs> just, oh, I'm not yeah. Any more of these I can take, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's one thing I always look at. That it, why so many people yeah. plan outdoor weddings with the, yep. <laughs> you don't have any mm-hmm. control. But um, yeah. Okay, so in California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm Got it. California or yeah, Italy. <laughs> How about planning celebrity events or non-celebrity events? Ah, you know, a little of both. I mean, most of my favorite clients that people I've become very close with are certainly not celebrities um we've become good friends but a a couple of celebrity events are fun I mean it's always it's it's fun to see Jay-Z on the dance floor so that's fun (laughs) I imagine that is fun (laughs) yeah Uh okay two more cheese plate or dessert cheese plate no comparison (laughs) Manhattan or Brooklyn Mm-hmm. The last one's Manhattan or Brooklyn? Well, I live in Brooklyn. My office is in Manhattan, and there you have it. Okay, it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And that's the game. So that's good game. Thanks. Good answers. Yeah. So, yeah. so industry news this week. I just picked an article in the New York Times. <sighs> it was uh, big, big news. I know. I can't believe it. Yes. I'm, yeah. So uh, let people know it's so Food and Wine magazine will leave New York for Alabama was the headline. It was by Stephanie Strom. And so this is talking how Food and Wine magazine um, has decided to move their headquarters down to Birmingham, Alabama, where Time Inc. also has uh, Cooking Light and Southern Living. And Hunter Lewis, who was the editor of Cooking Light, is becoming Food & Wine's new editor-in-chief. And so Nilu Mutamid is not going to be going down um, with them. And she's, she's, res- she's leaving the company after being the editor-in-chief for a little over a year um, since Dana Cowan left. So it was just, it's, it's huge news. <laughs> huge. I mean, Nilu is a friend of mine. We all live, uh, I met Nilu through Gail Simmons, who's a dear friend of mine whose wedding I worked on, and, okay. and we all live near each other in the hood in Carroll Gardens. Yeah. Uh, Nilu's been very kind to me, um, and she's also, you know, she's brilliant and a fabulous editor. I, I'm, yeah, I, I sort of, I don't really understand any of this. What's going on? It's quite an upheaval. Yeah, no, not, Nilu's great. They're all, I mean, 
I was thinking of her husband, Peter and Gail. I mean, it's nice you're a part of that whole community. I know, I see sometimes online. I see I see pictures of of some friends gathering in the food world, right. and and I yeah. know you're part of that. So, um, but I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, I think I think the decision was to cut costs. I think. Uh, I, I've I've heard friend from reading for some other articles that uh, there will still be a New York City presence. Some people are staying, like Ray Isle, who does their wine, and uh, Justin Chapel, who's um, the the culinary uh, the deputy test kitchen editor. Right. And so they're they're still going to be in New York a presence, but the main headquarters is going down there. Apparently, they have a fabulous test kitchen and a wonderful facility, but. Um, I don't know. It's been New York, you know, it's been New York since it was founded in 1978. So, um, well, I remember I was friends with the Batterberries uh, in another life who, who originally founded it as an American Express publication. Yes. And, and I did an internship at Food, Food Arts Magazine. Back, oh, my God. <laughs> that was like my yep. foot in the door in the industry back in 1999. Yeah. So, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Batterberries amazing they founded it and it's i mean everyone i mean it's food and wine magazine like what's there not to love about it so um well i don't know we'll see what happens with this change and i don't know how it will affect you know gail and those people who are you know quote unquote special projects which is part of top chef uh yeah i don't know it's it's very interesting i really i haven't had a chance to call her but i will do i'm gonna do it today and i don't know what neelu always comes up with something fascinating to do so uh i'm sure she'll her next uh her next chapter will be even more interesting it's just it was so quick (laughs) it was and and aspen uh the food and wine classic was just last week i didn't i wasn't there this year but i couldn't go this year either i was in nigeria giving a speech (laughs) That's a, that's that's a fantastic excuse. Yeah, <laughs> you taught me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just it was it was a big announcement. So, yeah. um, I wish everyone the best. Yes, I feel the same way. And uh, yeah, we'll have to come over to our hood, and we'll have drinks and dinner. I would love that. I so hip. I mean, you are Justin Park folk, aren't you? Yeah. I I live in Manhattan. I mean, here in the studio where in Bushwick, but I ah, love I, I love Carroll Gardens. I I I remember many years ago I had a client out there. It was and I I was um it was like the first time I I went out there and I was like, this is lovely. <laughs> I see why people move here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fabulous. It's fabulous, and I got there just in time because I couldn't afford it now. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I don't know what rents are, but I know it has become popular. Um, the other, another thing I just saw, like on my way here, um, uh, announcement that Susan Ungaro is is stepping down as the president of the James Beard Foundation. Which wow, um, yeah, another That's big news. Big news. Whew. So who's going to who's taking over? Well, the article just said that she's 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 going to stay in the position till the end of the year and and that they're doing a national search for the next leader. Um, she's been there 11 wow. years, so uh, w- time will tell. But um, she's done an amazing job, and, and I, I wish her the best. But I, I don't know, 11 years, so that's a, I think that's a long time, I guess, to, yeah, sure to lead is. that ship. It sure is, really. Wow. Wow. So. Okay. So those are the yeah. news. Um. Before I take one more break, I just want to give everyone a little reminder. There's 
the Nihon Ryorhi Academy has their Japanese cooking competition for professional chefs. That is the last day to enter is June 30th. So it's two days from now. And so anyone who, who wants to enter, please go to culinary slash academy dot JP. And, um, the other news I had was it is our summer drive here on Heritage Radio Network. Um, as you may know, this show is only possible thanks to our member donations. We would literally not be here um, and able to reach you every week without the generosity of HRN members around the world. So now is your chance to become an HRN summer uh, an HRN member it's through our summer membership drive. Um, we're giving away there's some su- summer swags as a part of it, limited edition stuff. So if you'd like to donate, and we would greatly appreciate it, you can go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. And thank you very much for your support. Now, take I will one. Do that. All right, awesome. And um, one more break, and then we're going to come back and do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Heartwood at Chef's Club. Here's the rundown. The location, 275 Mulberry Street, New York City. The concept, Tulum, Mexico's master chef of open fire cooking, brings his cuisine for two nights as guest chef at Chef's Club, offering an a la carte menu of five courses. Heartwood chef is Eric Werner. Chef's Club culinary director is Didier Elena, executive sous chef Chris Sijka, and executive chef Matt Ayeta, and the curator is Aaron Arespi. So why did I go? Because it was a fabulous opportunity to have Eric's cooking in New York City and see my friends at Chef's Club. My experience. So I made a reservation for one. I was seated at the chef's counter along the side of the open kitchen. As I always say, it's the best seat in the house. I ordered from the a la carte menu, which had Heartwood Classics, and I received excellent service. I was also able to talk with Eric during my meal, um, that advantage of being at the chef's counter. So what did I get? So the chef had sent out a jicama salad with mint, crema, and prickly pear preserves, and fish head stew. And I ordered the avocado leaf short ribs with serrano chili, creamed corn, queso fresco, and pickled onions. And for dessert, I had the Yucatan chocolate habanero cake that had avocado buttercream, burnt canela ice cream, and I also had a coffee. My take, everything was delicious. 
Highlights were the jicama salad, which was light and crunchy and very flavorful with the preserves, and the short ribs, which were just succulent and paired beautifully with the creamed corn, um, and had a lot of or it had a bit of heat from the chili, which was I enjoyed. The ambiance. It's a gorgeous modern setting with warmth. Perfect for passionate food lovers with the desire to try restaurants from around the world. Interesting tidbit. Chef Warner has helped make the Mayan jungles of Tulum one of the most popular travel destinations in the world. He is originally from upstate New York. He studied at the CIA. We have another CIA-themed show here. And um, he spent years cooking with some of the best chefs in New York City, and he took a big bet to move to Tulum in 2010 with his wife to open Heartwood, and it has certainly paid off. Personal fun fact. So I visited Tulum in 2015, and it happened to be over Heartwood's seasonal break, so I missed dining there. So this being able to have his food in New York City was was awesome and very special. The cost, $45. That's not including tax and gratuity. And I was sent out two dishes that I did not pay for, so please note that. Would I go back in NYC and Tulum? Yes, I would. Their websites are chefsclub.com and heartwoodtulum.com. So that's that. Marcy, have you been to Heartwood and or Chef's Club? I have been to Chef's Club. I have not been to Heartwood, but you're just reminding me that I have not been to Chef's Club in quite a while, and I reminded me that there is a counter, so I'm going to, because I often work late, and I can't be bothered to talking to anyone <laughs> during dinner, but I want to eat well, so I could sit there by myself, have a glass of wine, and eat, and just, you know, grumble to myself, which would be perfect. Yeah, that's that's another thing why solo dining um, is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so, yeah, well, great. It's time for the final question. So, my next guest is going to be Kat Kinsman. She's the senior... (laughs) You know who she is. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. She's the senior food and drinks editor at Extra Crispy. She also has a new book out called High Anxiety, Life with a Bad Case of Nerves, and she's also the founder of a website, Chefs with Issues. So, Marcy, what would you like to ask Kat? Wow. Okay, let me think for a moment. She's hilariously funny. So I, I have to I remember one at the Food and Wine Festival in Aspen. We wound up hanging out a weekend together. And we had a really great time. Um, let me think. You know, okay, here's what I'm going to ask because I know how attuned she is to everything. How she thinks this, <laughs> here you go, uh, this horrendous political atmosphere is affecting the food world in general. Wow, serious question. That's a great question. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm she's a she's a smart lady and I'm sure she's gonna have a lot of insight on that. So um I will ask. Please do. Yeah, and um that's the show. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. This is great fun. Next time at Roberta's. Next time at Roberta's <laughs> yeah. and I I I I'm in awe of your career and everything you do. Oh, so congratulations on you, all honey. your success. Thanks. You're very okay. welcome. And we'll get to have we'll be, get to be together in person soon. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I would love that. Okay. So uh, just to wrap up, my guest today has been Marcy Bloom. She's of Marcy Bloom Associates. You can find her at marcybloom.com and at Marcy Bloom. And just so people know, her last name is spelled B L U M. So you can find her. 
You can find me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher. So next week, July 5th, is going to be my special broadcast show with the interview I did with the CIA president, Dr. Tim Ryan. So please tune in then. And then on July 12th, the next week, Wednesday, 4 o'clock, I will have on Kat Kinsman. So I hope you tune in then too. I hope everyone has a wonderful fourth weekend. Thanks again to Marcy and to my fabulous engineer, Vitor. I'm Sherry Bayer. I will be back in two weeks with uh, Kat Kinsman. Uh, Till then, have a good one, and thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.